Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Live to Inspire with your host, Krishna Lakanani. I'm really excited to share a conversation that I had with my good friend, Nick Nanton. He has many accolades and he transformed many lives throughout his career. So rather than me saying something about him, I would like you to take a look at this. I saw a documentary last night. This director, Nick Nanton, he's a great storyteller. Please help me in welcoming Mr. Larry King. Go ahead, Nick. Fire away. Joining us now to tell us more is the producer of the new film, Nick Nanton. This is real. I couldn't be more proud to have Nick and his team provide just this message. By the second time I watched it, I was just like, pretty sure that my life is going to change forever after this. I've been approached dozens of times to have someone do a documentary about me. and. I'd always said no, 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 but something about Nick made me say yes. And I'm so thankful. Now Nick, he's the best in the world at what he does. And he's one of the most high integrity guys myself and my team have ever worked with. Nick Nanton, he's won a whole bunch of Emmys and he found a way to tell the story of slavery in a way that moves people. You leave feeling so hopeful. It's unbelievable. Welcome, Nick, to Live to Inspire. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me on. Let's just dive into what are you working on right now? Because a lot of projects that you work are like, you know, on Amazon, Prime, and Netflix, you know, that kind of work, right? So yep. how did that change, like the COVID change the business model? Well, so I was actually, I'm, I'm doing a film on an organization called the Nazarene Fund right now with Tim Ballard, actually. And we literally were in Iraq the day that the first three uh, COVID cases broke out in Iraq. So thankfully, I got home. Uh, and, you know, since then, basically, I, was, I took one trip briefly after that to Nashville for like a day. And then, you know, then the, then the quarantine hit. And so, you know, for a good, I don't know, 10 weeks or so, um, I've just been here. I've been able, unable to do uh, filming, you know, uh, any filming other than this sort of thing. And so we have a couple shoots that got delayed um, and films were, were finishing up. And, uh, but other than that, man, I've just been trying to figure out uh, what does, like, what does the future look like, right? And so none of us know the answer to that question. So the way I sort of break it down is uh, one of my mentors, Dr. Nita Cobain, you know, I call it his rule of thirds. Um, I think I lived this way before I met him. I, I did, but he articulated better, so I give him credit for it. But it's Dr. Cobain's rule of thirds. And he said he spends a third of his time earning, a third of his time learning, a third of time serving. And so I spend my time doing that as well, as do you, actually. And so what I tried to figure out is as as this all sort of hit, the biggest shift in general was that the rhythm of life had changed. I had a rhythm for travel and for shooting and for family time and all that stuff. It all just went up in a bomb and it all was all one thing together now and you were limited by what you could do, but you got some other benefits like me. I'm, I was home a lot more. And so part of what was bothering me was uh, having to acknowledge that just, okay, wait a second the rhythm has changed. Let me acknowledge that. And it's okay too, by the way, to sort of mourn the rhythm you used to like, you know, uh, and to mourn what's gone because things are different. Um, a lot of kids are having to do with not having a graduation, a prom. It's okay to mourn those things. You need to actually, but you then have to pick yourself up and move on because that's the only choice you have. I started thinking, well, what, what could I do? So 
while I was trying to figure out what I was going to do, I just said, look, I'm going to spend a little bit of time every day. It doesn't have to be a third of the day, but a little bit of time looking at earning. What is what does the future of earning look like? I mean, it's a good time to readdress what does the business look like? Um, I spend a little bit of time learning something, whether it's having a great conversation with a friend, reading an audio book as I'm working out, uh, reading a book, reading a blog, attending a, a seminar online, whatever it might be, just spend a little bit of time learning something new because look, the human, as Tony Robbins says, that human beings desire progress. You have, if you're not moving forward, you feel like you're moving backwards. So what can I do to learn a little bit more? And then how could I do something to serve someone every day? And you know, a lot of people think of serving as like going to a foreign country and building a school or a feeding center. But in many cases, like for me, you know, my parents are in their seventies and they couldn't come see their grandkids and they were lonely. So I taught them how to set up zoom and we started having some zoom Zoom calls or some FaceTime, checking with my brother who's currently doing you know medical work in, in a different state. That allowed me to start creating a bit more of a rhythm. And then the best thing I figured I could do is just serve my clients. And how could I do that best? What I started doing was doing a bunch of online live streams. Uh, I started a coaching group uh, and I just started sharing as much information as I could for free. I brought on a couple astronauts for Ask an Astronaut, uh, where kids could ask questions during like the science hour because the kids are driving everyone crazy at homeschool. I interviewed uh, Anthony Scaramucci, who's an amazingly brilliant guy who pivoted uh, after 08. He had some uh, some interesting political things that we talked about, too, sort of his downfall there. Jay Abraham, other friends like that, just trying to figure out how can we bring value to the marketplace. So I'm busier than I've ever been um, just creating a bunch of things because I, I spent the last 15 years – you know, creating a business that, you know, if you compare it to real estate, it's sort of like if you buy a house and you grow really fast, you just keep adding stuff to the house. Well, 15 years later, you end up with Frankenhouse. It's never, if you were starting from scratch, you would never build the house that way, but it's just yeah. bolted on all these pieces. So now I'm, uh, I, I sort of, we sort of level the playing field and I'm, I'm trying to go back and look and, and build things uh, just in, in the way that I feel like they're intentionally supposed to be done. You know, it's it's all about the habits, right? Like you just reinvent something and just using the same rules of third. You know, sometimes it can be like, you know, 40% more on work, one particular thing. Um, but I totally agree. I was busier than ever, even though like the marketing agency is a little bit slow. I right. found new projects. Like I start connecting with people and I just start looking at what can I do in the community and who can I connect to inspire other people. So I'm really glad that you're here and you, uh, you know, resonate with some of the principles. And I think pr probably that is where we got connected. Like, you know, when the values are similar and your right. mind is similar and you want to move collectively together. Um, and it's amazing the type of work you do. Um, you know, honestly, sometimes I have conversations with people, um, you're self-publishing, you know, like you're not traditional. I'm like, every business model has changed in the last five, 10 years and you haven't evolved. That was my you know, response. And I tell them the end impact that it's being created and how it's purpose driven. It wasn't like, okay, I wanna get famous and whatnot, but it's right. more like, what is that message that we're sharing collectively and what is the wisdom and what is the impact that it's creating? And you know, that's something I, I love about what you do. And that is where my emotional connection is. Like when you talk about OUR, for example, like, you know, you raise millions of dollars for just from that one film itself. Um, and not many people see that impact, like, okay, you know, uh, and you work hard, like, you know, one of the people that I have ever seen continuously putting things out, making sure everybody's okay. Um, so let's talk about this new mastermind program that you launched. 
Yeah, so what I tried to figure out, um, I'm reading a new book right now called The Bezos Letters. Uh, my friend Steve Anderson, uh, he took 21 years of shareholder letters from Jeff Bezos from Amazon and distilled them down into 14 principles. So I, I'm referencing it a lot recently, but it's a great book. You should absolutely read it. And so- you got it, actually. Uh, okay, good, good. Yeah, he, has a, he talks about the principle of meaningful differentiation. And one of the reasons why I realized I hadn't started a coaching program or even a podcast was- I hadn't taken the time to figure out what my meaningful differentiation was. Well, as this, you know, this pandemic hit, I, I really just started doing things just to try to serve, but it, I had to start thinking even more clearly about what the meaningful differentiation was. Why would people join me? What could I do for them? And I realized that I had number one, a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, Rolodex of, of people I can call on. And I interviewed a lot of people and what people seem to enjoy. And I mean, you've, you've been an amazing supporter of, of my films and the things we've done you know, we often, when I, you've been, when I go do a, a deep dive interview with somebody and you know, we spend a couple hours digging into everything, not just their business, but their life and how they got there. And, and we all learn so much from that process. I mean, you sat in the one I did with Lisa Nichols that we're editing for, it's actually be episode three of my show in case you didn't know. And the movie dreamer you helped with is almost done. And it's, it's really good. I, mean, awesome. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to see the end product because I know everybody knows the secret and I feel that this is going to be the next big thing for people believing law of attraction, how life changed. Yeah, it's, um, it's the next level thinking, right? Like what would be the future look in terms of technology, healthcare, and bringing humanity together? And these are the people you often work with. Um, and, you know, you work with like Jack Canfield and Brian Tracy for many years. Right. Yeah, I've with all these guys. I mean, I've interviewed Tony Robbins I've multiple times and Peter a bunch of times. So I just tried to see, well, what would my meaningful differentiation be? And, and so I created a, a coaching program called Backstage with Nick Nanton. And I take people in for a deep dive backstage with one person a month for two hours. So we've got, uh, I did the first one with my friend Dean Jackson, who's just a marketing genius. Um, he consults for a bunch of people. The next one is actually with Steve Anderson of the Bezos Letters. Yeah. Uh, and, and after that, I've got Chris Voss, the former lead... Uh, FBI negotiator for, uh, who wrote the book Never Split the Difference, and I've, I'm lining up more and more, and I'm in, really enjoying it. I didn't, I, I before, if you talked about coaching or something, I was like, ah, oh, I gotta go do a. I've really been enjoying the deep dives because it is my, it, it, my as Dan Sullivan, strategic coach, calls it my unique ability is is digging in and having impactful conversations, and so I turned that into a way that I could. I could do it, but also serve other people. And then once a month, we're doing uh, like hot seats and brainstorming mastermind calls where we're helping other people pivot and figure out what they should be doing. And ultimately, my my mission has always been leading, educating, inspiring through media. And now I'm I'm working to help other people do that through you know through creating their own media out in the marketplace so that they can so they can lead, educate, and inspire through media as well. Oh, you have an amazing gift, Nick. You know, thank you for making difference uh, in, in bigger ways. You know, one thing I always led me where I am today is continuous mentoring with people, like finding people literally who can help you to get to that next hurdle. And then the network. Yeah, right? yeah. Like two, two major things. And uh, there are a lot of people that think, okay, that's uh, an investment and there's a lot of money involved. But these are the things that really helps you to move forward, like the mastermind groups, right? Like, um, do you want to add anything there? Like habits. Let's talk about habits. Okay, yeah. Um, well, one of the things that I think you should do is whether you do it 
um, this literally or not. Uh, it's, I don't really care, but I think you should figure out sort of the, the night before the next day, what are three things you want to accomplish the next day. I look at the beginning of every venture, like now when everything is shifted, we're all working more hours than ever before, right? I mean, there's times when you have to just put in that the time and build the foundation. But once you get things up and rolling, if you have a, a vehicle uh, that's helping you make money, a, an engine, if you will, that's helping you live out your purpose and it's helping fuel your life. If you just decide three things you want to do, the next day, and you'd even do that five days a week, you're going to accomplish 15 things a week or 60 things a month. It doesn't matter if you finish by 8 a.m. You're going to be way more productive than the rest of the world. So it's about being productive, intentionally productive, not just about putting in, you know, mindless hours. I would say that, number one. Uh, number two, I mean, you have to constantly be learning. If you're not learning, you're dying. Find a, a style of learning that inspires you. I work out a lot and it keeps me healthy. And so I listen to audiobooks for like an hour a day and it helps me. I listen at 2x speed. I'm trying to get up to like 3x so I can get through more better and more faster. Uh, but but be, so find the way that inspires you. Uh, you, you there's no option. Uh, you have to, you have to do that. You have to be learning, uh, and growing all the time. And the third is, I think you got to set limits on protecting your personal time. Um, look again, there's gonna be times when your schedule is out of whack a little bit because you, you're really driving towards a certain thing or trying to finish a project or start a project or whatever, but you really, I mean, it's so cliche, but it's so true. The one thing you cannot get back is time. And so make sure that you're protecting your time so that you are spending time with those you love you're taking care of yourself and uh and you can actually enjoy what you have today because i mean as we're seeing now more than ever tomorrow is not promised uh make sure you build the fun in there's plenty of things that you could be doing uh that you would be enjoying so enjoy life you know that's that's that it's it's the joy right like and then being effective in that sense we don't look for what to eat for breakfast in the morning you know it's just a built-in habit you just go and eat right like and there's many things there are many things that can be dealt in the same way. I don't know if you remember our conversation in Toronto, you know, talking about time. Uh, I asked you, how do you manage your time in terms of having to travel to like Iraq and Africa and even to South America? And you have, you know, your wife and kids. And you told me this. Uh, there are seven days that I'm allowed to travel. That was your <laughs> quick response. But, you know, that made me think. So how do I pack up things in such a way so it's not like I'm not continuously on the road or I'm not continuously just stuck at my desk, right? So yeah. <laughs> re really appreciate that. So one of the, the moments you had in life is uh, when you're filming in Haiti for the Operation Chassant, right? Yep. My a friend, Russell Brunson, who runs ClickFunnels, some of you might know who he is, um, he called me one day and said, hey, would you, I've been, I'm trying to help this organization. They do awesome stuff. They help stop child slavery uh, and, and sex trafficking. Would you be interested in making a documentary on it? He said, I'll fund it. Would you do it? I'm like, of course I'd do it. So I met, you know, Tim Ballard, who's the founder of Operation Underground Railroad, on the phone with Russell. And we just said, hey, let's, sure, let's do this. And so we were making a documentary on their story. 
And a big part of Tim's story that he was sharing was, you know, there's a little boy in Haiti that was kidnapped named Gardy. He wanted to help his dad find him because he knew there were not nearly enough resources in the Haitian government where they were really doing everything they could to try to find him. It was just a big part of sort of the origin story of Tim's, you know, uh, fight and Operation Underground Railroad's founding. And so Tim lives in, you know, in a different area. And so I went and interviewed him. But I'm like, we need to go to Haiti because I need to get part of this story. It's like, okay. And so he told me about a raid they had done Super Bowl weekend. I think it was 2017 now. Um, and they had convinced all of these uh, traffickers that they, they wanted to have a big sex party with kids. And they, but so they all had to work together and bring them a bunch of kids. And they were, had this rich American on the yacht that was going to pay for them. And so they convinced them all to do this. They bring them all together and it ends up being, a, they do a raid and they rescue all the kids and they arrest, and they arrest all these traffickers. Well, they find out through corrupt government officials, judges actually, like within a week, these traffickers were let out of jail and the kids were essentially returned to the traffickers, which was like the worst possible scenario. And so Tim, as we decided to go to Haiti, I didn't know that story. And he said, hey, here's what's happening. But we've gotten approval from the president to go back and re-arrest them. So when we go to Haiti, I've got great news. We're going to do a raid. I think we're there two nights because we end up having to leave really early the next day after the raid. But basically, you know, we got there and there was a lot of political going back and forth. We did our interviews with Gar uh, with Gardy's dad, Gessno, and we did some filming in Haiti. And then we, you know, Tim's team is, you know, former Navy SEALs, former CIA, FBI, and then, but they don't, they all gave up their badges to go do this in other countries and they don't have the authority. So we worked with the Haitian police force and special forces um, that Tim's team has been training. And uh, the Haitian team executed a mission alongside Tim's team there for support. And we ended up in the thick of it filming the whole thing. And it was, uh, it was a once and only once in a lifetime experience. Uh, it was, it was unbelievable, but just to see how it all unfolds, not only the drama, but also just, you know, you're rescuing real kids uh, and, and basically changing their lives. It was just, it was a, a super impactful moment. We made the film Operation Toussaint, which is on Amazon. We've raised well over a million dollars thanks to Russell with the film. And it, you know, you can see it now. And uh, yeah, it, it was an amazing, amazing, uh, it was a life-changing event for sure. Yeah, it was, it was premiered at uh, one of the ClickFunnels event, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> You know, even just listening to this, it's, it's intense, right? And I know um, watching Tim Ballard and watching the movie, there were instances where you were just going to rescue a kid, but all of a sudden, you know, there are guns involved. The whole situation is like putting your lives at risk to go and do this job. And I'm, uh, job. And I'm really glad that there are people like Tim Ballard and his team exist to do these things. And people like you are supporting these causes through media and, you know, every nonprofit needs money to operate and make these things yeah. happen. Um, I don't know, uh, you just came back from Iraq. Uh, is that, uh, that's a new project, right? Yeah, that's another one, Tim. He runs an organization called the Nazarene Fund where uh, they rescue women and children uh, from ISIS and, and mostly uh, religious minorities from being persecuted by ISIS. And there's a lot of trafficking and kidnapping and sex extortion and stuff that happens, it's terrible stuff. And so Tim's team is doing amazing work in there too. So yeah, they invited us over there and we went there. We have a, 
We're going to Australia, actually, where they've been relocating a bunch of these victims, a lot of Syrian refugees, actually, to Australia. So we're going there at the end of the summer, assuming things clear up a little bit here. And actually, yeah, right there is my vest that I wore. Uh, yeah. That's my vest. Uh, I, I chose to keep that to remind myself to never do it again. No, uh, just uh, you know, an amazing keepsake. But yeah, it, I'm super thankful there are guys like Tim and his team that are willing to do that. I, I, I was blessed enough to see it one time, but man, I don't know how they do it over and over again. You know, how does your uh, wife and kids see this? Uh, they didn't know about the raid. And the reason I didn't tell them because I didn't know if it was really going to happen or not. And so I called my wife the next morning and early and she's like, what? I was like, hey, we're at the airport. She's like, I thought you weren't coming back till tomorrow. I said, well, they told us to get out of the island as quick as we could. So we got the, quick, the earliest flights we could. So we're flying back. She's like, wait, why? I was like, well, here's, we did this thing last night. And she's like, you did what? I was like, well, how did you sleep? She's like, I slept great. I said, well, you're welcome. And so I got grounded after that. I was not allowed to do any more of those things. <laughs> and, and I did Columbia. I didn't do any raids there, but I filmed in some pretty sketchy places in Columbia with Tim. And then I, I did Iraq, but I promised my wife that that would be the last, that would be the last place that when they asked me about my insurance so we had a production insurance and it's it covered uh extortion and kidnapping but uh iraq was not on the list so <laughs> i promise i'll never go anywhere else where I, I my insurance will not cover kidnapping and extortion yeah like you know it's it's worth putting ourselves out there but sometimes like we got to think about our families too uh, i i totally get it and i know um you worked on other projects falls upon her um, you know, kennels and whatnot. Um, you know, when I watched the premiere, it was, um, there's a lot of things people don't know, like how veterans are left out and uh, they don't get any support from the government if they want to go back to school or do something with their lives. Um, it's, it's very inspiring. And I know um, you work closely with him and, and the film is out now on Amazon Prime. No, the film's not out yet. Actually, it's supposed to come out this summer. We're working through a couple last details. Actually, it's going to be on Fox Nation first, uh, and then it will roll out to Amazon. Uh, we actually have a really big development just happened with that, too. So we wrote, uh, you know, I'm a songwriter. I've been a writer for years. And myself and a couple friends uh, wrote the theme song for it. And a big country artist just cut that theme song to be added into the movie. And we're also working through a music video and a few other things right now. And so we're just finalizing all those final details. But yeah, the Folds of Honor film, you know, the, the the government does the best they can for veterans. And really the, the big problem is the, the, the families of fallen soldiers or severely injured soldiers. There's just, look, I, you could point fingers all day that you want, but there's just not enough money to take care of their families. And one guy, you know, is a fighter pilot, amazing guy, Major Dan, or now he's Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney. He, he spent, he's made his life mission to go raise money to provide scholarships to the families of these fallen and severely wounded soldiers to make sure they get taken care of. Because, you know, the, if you talk to any soldier to down to the one person before they went to battle and said, Hey, if anything happens to you, is there anything I can do for you? The, they would all say, just make sure you take care of my family. And that's exactly what he's doing. And it's uh, been amazing to work with him. Look, be, working with people who are, uh, who are changing the world is inspiring and it inspires me to do more and bigger things. So uh, it's been a blessing. I mean, it, you know, there's Larry King, there is Robert Kiyosaki, like top inspirational people in the world. And you bring them together and make those connections happen, right? Like every five minutes or even 10 minutes that you spend with one person in that room at the Thought Leaders Conference, it's, it's a different experience. You get to know uh, what they're working on and even on the cybersecurity guys that I met, uh, everybody's onto something, there's a purpose, there's a mission, and it's inspiring to see. 
I know music has been uh, a big part of your life. Um, is that something you wanted to do? Probably not a lot of people know that like you're a lawyer and uh, yeah. turned into a media expert now, uh, changing the world for better. Yeah, not a lawyer. I, so I only went to law school because I wanted to run a record label. That's what I thought I wanted to do at the time. And I knew that a lot of CEOs of major corporations and media companies were lawyers. Um, I always wanted to be in the music business. I started playing guitar at six. I started songwriting at 16, put up my first record at 18, took my first trip to Nashville when I was 20. And I've been songwriting, you know, now I'm 40 now. So for 20 years, I've been writing in Nashville. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it is my first passion ever. And, uh, you know, now uh, alongside, of course, my wife and my family and everything else, it's just something I love to do. The cool thing actually about the quarantine is I normally, I have a publishing deal in Nashville. I normally have to go to, to Nashville once a month to write with all my writing partners. They don't ever want to write on zoom because like, Oh, it's not the same. Well, now they have to. So I've been getting, I, I wrote, uh, I wrote one yesterday. I wrote one two days ago. I wrote one last week. I've got a song a session on Monday. And so I can just build them in my day now, instead of having to go fly and take a day to get there and a day to get back it's been amazing it saves a lot of time and i think you know personally i gain about 10 12 hours every week that i didn't have before so it just feels so good just to be more productive than ever <laughs> so is is there anything else you want to add nick like um i want to leave people with uh, an invitation like i know the probably the the coaching the mastermind groups that you're putting together uh, no, you can go at any time to um, backstagewithnick.com. You can just opt in to check out stuff. There's a, there'll be a $1 trial for 14 days. I'd love for you to try that out. Um, or you can feel free to check out our book, Story Selling, uh, either on Audible or Amazon, or you can go to nicknanton.com and even download it, a PDF of it for free. Um, look, I'm, I'm here and I'm, I'm interested in helping people who want to lead, educate, and inspire through media. We're launching the Success Network where people can have a channel on there and utilize our creative and technical team to execute on creating media podcasts and live streams and blogs and things like that. And of course, we have a ton of movies on Amazon. If you just search Amazon Prime for my name, you'll find uh, a lot of documentaries. We love reviews. Those are great. And of course, my show, as you mentioned, uh, in case you didn't know, that Larry King is also an executive producer on. There's plenty of ways, uh, you know, find what inspires you. And if you want to be, you know, become a little bit of a part of my universe i'd love it yeah it, it's just inspiring to see like all these projects and uh also i think you contributed to uh fast company right like one of the magazines yeah yeah i was a i was a blogger there uh, i mean like a guest blogger i had a a blog there for years actually i don't i don't know if it's still up or not but uh i'm actually i'm, I'm rolling out a bunch of new blogs and websites and other cool stuff um if you just follow me by name nick nanton or nicknanton.com you'll start to see everything that's coming. And uh, I, I also want to just take a moment and say, I, I so appreciate you and what you do. You supported so many of our films and projects and uh, we could definitely couldn't do it without people like you. So thank you so much. No, thank you, Nick.